0: Good morning, Alex and friends. Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Enjoy the sun today, folks. In Riverside, California, we're expecting a high of 97.1 degrees and a low of 75.1. Now, on to the news. First up, we'll be delving into the wins and struggles of President Biden's ambitious clean energy plan. Tensions rise in Hollywood as SAG-AFTRA contract negotiations reach a standstill, and we could be looking at a potential strike affecting production. In tech news, Twitter is taking legal action against entities in Dallas County, Texas for alleged data scraping. Lastly, Alphabet has taken its AI chatbot, Bard, to Europe, putting it toe-to-toe with Microsoft's ChatGPT. Stay tuned for the details on these stories and more, right here on Alex's News. Today's top story centers around President Biden's clean energy plan, which he is framing as a job creation initiative. We have Antoni on hand to explain more. Antoni, can you give us an overview of what President Biden is trying to achieve?
1: Certainly, Connie. President Biden is working to bring clean energy to the masses by presenting it not just as a climate solution, but also as a vehicle for job creation. One example of his approach is the planned solar plant in a Republican district of Georgia, represented by U.S. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene. The goal here is to effectively illustrate that clean energy is not just a Democrat or Republican issue, but a national one that can deliver benefits to all regions.
0: So what are some challenges that could impede Biden's clean energy strategy?
1: Well, despite the potential benefits, there are some roadblocks. For example, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, has recently turned down federal funding for energy efficiency rebates and electrification. This resistance signifies a challenge Biden's administration might need to tackle in convincing some Republican politicians to embrace clean energy policies.
0: Moving on, I understand there was a recent significant setback regarding the Mountain Valley Pipeline. What happened?
1: That's correct. The Mountain Valley Pipeline construction was halted along its entire 303-mile route by a federal court. The project's developer is considering an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. This situation illustrates that legal battles represent another crucial obstacle in implementing large-scale energy infrastructure projects, which are key to Biden's Clean Energy Plan.
0: How about the growth of solar power in areas like Texas and southern states? Is this a positive trend?
1: Absolutely, Connie. In states like Texas, the growth of solar power is a very positive sign. This shift is fueled by multiple factors, including declining solar panel costs and supportive state policies. Companies such as Nissan are also transitioning their manufacturing facilities for electric vehicle production, signaling a move towards sustainable transportation.
0: Another interesting point is about coal companies in West Virginia, right, Antony?
1: Right, Connie. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice's coal companies have agreed to settle overdue fines for unsafe working conditions. This shows the complexity of moving from traditional fossil fuels to cleaner energy alternatives. It demonstrates how the transition needs to be both comprehensive and fair, addressing not only energy shifts, but also job transitions.
0: As we wrap up, Antony, What can we anticipate about the future of President Biden's Clean Energy Plan?
1: Biden's Clean Energy Plan, geared towards both climate control and job creation, is intended to appeal to a broad audience. While there are challenges like political resistance and legal battles, the increasing adoption of clean energy and investments in renewable infrastructure signal positive progress. The key to the plan's success— will be in persistently navigating these hurdles and ensuring a fair transition for impacted workers and communities.
0: Thank you for that comprehensive coverage, Antoni. That was Antoni explaining the facets of President Biden's clean energy plan, which is a significant point of political and environmental focus today. Moving to our second story for the day. The Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, or SAG-AFTRA, is making headlines as they are currently involved in heated contract negotiations with film and TV studios. Their demands include improved compensation for work on streaming platforms and protections against the use of artificial intelligence. Given that they represent 160,000 members, which include actors and other media professionals, the stakes are certainly high.
2: Ellie, what's the current situation? Indeed, Connie, the situation is pretty intense. With the deadline for negotiations right around the corner, there's a looming threat of a potential strike. If that happens, it could profoundly impact Hollywood. We're talking about a halt on auditions, press events, promotional activities, and even production for covered works.
0: That's a major situation, and it also happens to coincide with the ongoing strike by the Writers Guild of America, right?
2: Yes, it's a peculiar situation where we could possibly see both guilds striking at the same time. It hasn't happened since 1960. This compounded action could potentially create an unparalleled disruption in Hollywood. Now where are we in terms of negotiations? Currently, negotiations have stalemated, and there's been a call for a federal mediator to intervene. The goal there being to help them reach an agreement. However, there is a significant level of skepticism among actors that a deal will be reached by the deadline. So what happens if no agreement can be reached? If the deadline passes without any agreement, we could see actors joining their writer counterparts, picketing outside studios, and filming locations. This course of action would definitely exacerbate the disruption in the production process. There's a couple of major issues at stake, correct? Yes, Connie. Two main contentious points are the unregulated use of artificial intelligence and the impact of streaming platforms on residual pay. In fact, SAG-AFTRA has accused the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, or the AMPTP, of leaking information about the request for mediation before the union was informed. The actors' union does not want to be manipulated by what they degrade as a cynical attempt to extend the deadline. And where do other guilds factor in this? Interestingly, the AMPTP has already reached a contract deal with the Directors Guild of America, but it's the talks with SAG-AFTRA that have hit a deadlock. The hope is that federal mediators can break the impasse. This decision will certainly shape the future of the entertainment industry, affecting not just the livelihood of actors but also the production of films and TV shows.
0: It's a high-tension scenario for sure. We'll keep an eye on it. Thanks for the detailed analysis, Ellie.
2: Always a pleasure, Connie.
0: Story number three in our news roundup today involves a tech giant attempting to protect its domain from hidden threats that many might not be aware of. Twitter, which is owned by Elon Musk's X Corp., has filed a lawsuit against four entities in Texas for something called data scraping. Arnold, our technology correspondent, has been following this development. Arnold, could you break down exactly what's going on here?
3: Certainly, Connie. First, a little context data scraping essentially refers to these entities allegedly extracting vast amounts of data from Twitter's platform, more than any single person could generate a loan, according to the lawsuit. They're accused of using automated processes to sign up and draw data, which puts excessive strain on Twitter's servers.
0: So why is this a big deal besides overworking Twitter's servers?
3: Well, Connie, these acts aren't just taxing Twitter's servers. They're also infringing on rules that are designed to protect user data and the overall user experience. Twitter claims these activities interfere with how the website and mobile app operate. This is why they're pursuing legal action, requesting compensatory damages and any profits the accused entities might have made from this alleged unlawful scraping.
0: We know that Elon Musk, who now owns Twitter, recently implemented daily limits on the number of tweets users can read. Did this decision have anything to do with these data-scraping issues?
3: Yes, Connie. Musk mentioned that he was aware of multiple entities attempting to extract, or scrape, every tweet ever posted within very short time spans. The tweet-viewing limit was, in fact, a response to these data-scraping concerns.
0: This is all happening as Mark Zuckerberg's meta-platforms introduced its Threads app, seen as a direct competitor to Twitter. Is there a connection
3: here? It's certainly interesting timing, Connie. The step taken by Musk underscores the broader tech industry's battle for data security and user privacy. Furthermore, there have been rumblings about Twitter threatening to sue Meta for allegedly hiring former employees with confidential information and trade secrets. So it's a complex and competitive landscape between these tech giants.
0: The lawsuit was filed in Dallas County. Is there significance to this location?
3: Yes, the lawsuit alleges Dallas County as the chosen location because the defendants reportedly have connections to entities with data processing facilities there, hence the jurisdiction. So at
0: the end of the day, what could all this mean for big tech and social media platforms moving forward?
3: Connie, this legal action by Twitter might set a precedent regarding how far social media platforms can go in protecting their data and the integrity of their operational functions. The outcome of this case, which is still pending, could have significant implications on legal consequences for entities involved in data scraping. Indeed, it's a crucial issue to watch in the ongoing dynamics of market dominance within the social media industry.
0: That certainly seems like a pivotal moment. Thanks for that thorough analysis, Arnold. We shift our focus now to some notable developments on the technology front. Alphabet's AI chatbot BARD is going global. Google recently announced one of BARD's largest expansions since its initial launch in February. BARD's services are now available across Europe and all the way to Brazil. Jenna, it sounds like things are
4: picking up pace for BARD. They absolutely are, Connie. This expansion puts BARD in a face-off with Microsoft's ChatGPT, Now, for those who may not be familiar, both of these chatbots utilize generative AI. That means they're designed to engage in human like conversations and answer various prompts in a manner that feels intuitive and natural. How would you say Google is handling this fierce competition? Google has always been known for its innovative approach, Connie, and it's no different with BARD. They've added new features that allow users to collaborate with BARD in over 40 languages, including Arabic, Chinese, Hindi, and Spanish. So they're not just focused on expanding BARD's geographic reach, but they're also making it far more adaptable to different regions and cultures.
0: Fascinating. But weren't there some issues holding back this expansion
4: earlier? Indeed, there were. Google had to address some concerns from local privacy regulators in Europe that had delayed BARD's launch. But after resolving these concerns... BART is now reaching about 50 countries, including all 27 EU nations and Brazil.
0: So there are some significant implications for Google's AI strategy here. Could this be viewed as an effort by Google to catch up with Microsoft?
4: Absolutely, Connie. By integrating chat GPT-like capabilities into its own products, Google is definitely trying to level the playing field, but it's also about accessibility. Google has always aimed to make its technology accessible to a broad user base, and BARD's availability in Europe and Brazil signifies advancement in that direction.
0: I see. Any
4: other features or peculiarities that Google's trying to play up with this expansion? Well, apart from its multi-language support, BARD comes with additional features like the ability to provide audio responses and analyze uploaded photos. So it is quite an interactive tool. However, Google still views BARD as an experiment, so it's unsure if there'll be a dedicated app for the chatbot. But with the focus on expanding BARD's reach and capabilities, they're clearly committed to the concept.
0: This expansion also coincides with the recent developments in AI regulation in the EU, doesn't it?
4: Yes, that's a critical point. The European Parliament has recently shown support for a draft law that aims to regulate AI use. By expanding BARD into Europe, Google is indicating its readiness to comply with any upcoming regulations. It's demonstrating a commitment to providing a safe and trustworthy AI chatbot. And we're sure many of our listeners appreciate that. Thank you for breaking down this complex topic, Jenna. My pleasure, Connie. Always glad to cover such exciting developments.
0: That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made with ChatGPT, 11 labs, and a program written by you. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.